Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. Episode number 60. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a shift, and we're going to talk about money and our relationship with money at an individual level and at a societal level. Now, this is something for me that has been a massive struggle. My relationship with money has really mostly been negative or fear-based. So I have a lot of work to do on this side which is why I think it's important to talk about it. I don't have all the answers when I cover a lot of this content. I learn, I read, I listen, I research, I apply things, and I test out what works, and I share my experiences on what works and what doesn't, and also looking at what works for other people as well in my research and studies. So I share these things, but the things that I'm sharing are things that I'm aware of, things that I leverage in my life, things that I utilize that can be helpful. And there's a lot of good books, I think, that can be helpful around our money mindset. And I've read quite a few of them, Your Life or Your Money or Your Life. I know Rich Dad Poor Dad's one of them that a lot of people are aware of. Think and Grow Rich was really one of the first ones that I read back in the day. It's an old one from the early 1900s. But as I've gotten older, I've felt there's this kind of gross mental component that feels stuck inside of me. And so what I want to talk about in today is talk about some of these common misconceptions and and fears associated with money and how it impacts our lives. And I want to explore how money can be a tool for good and how shifting our mindset can transform our relationship with it. So we're going to dig in today. We're going to look at money as a neutral tool. We're going to look at unraveling fear and limiting beliefs. Conscious money management. I'm not going to be distributing wealth strategies. That's not my space at all. And then finally, we're going to do building wealth with purpose. And then we're going to wrap the episode. So first, money is a neutral tool. I think a lot of us experience money as often a fear-based tool or a negative tool or even something that's associated with evil or darkness or bad. We've been programmed, so much of us in our lives, to believe these things, that money is a bad thing, money is the root of all evil, money, and and the reality is that money can corrupt people, wealth and power can corrupt people, absolutely it can, but what often happens is money is going to be a volume knob to whoever you already are, so if there's all this darkness inside of you or things that have happened inside of you that you haven't managed or dealt with or healed from, and then all of a sudden you obtain wealth, money, success, it's often just going to turn all that stuff up already because it's just going to give you the ability to do so much more, which is going to to increase 
the intensity of all that inner stuff, that inner turmoil, those feelings. You're going to accelerate everything. So money is neutral, though. It's not good or bad. It depends on how we use it. So getting the first concept in our mind is understanding that money is a neutral thing. It can be used for both good and bad. And it's our relationship with money that determines its impact, how we use money, how we live our lives, how we operate on a daily basis. That is what it's about. The values that we hold, the people that we are every day, that's what makes the difference. And until we realize that, until we realize that it's a neutral thing and it's our actions and our values surrounding money and the things that we do with money are what make the difference. That's when the shift begins to happen. So we have to challenge this belief that money is inherently evil. Because there's a lot of good that can be done with money. And that for me is as I've gotten older, I've always felt this pull to be wealthy, to be successful. Entrepreneurship is something I've always been attracted to. The idea of freedom and challenge and innovation and novelty. There's constantly all this stuff happening. I love entrepreneurship because there's so many things that go into it. And I've been a struggling entrepreneur for my entire adult life. I've tried a lot of ventures and have failed. I've worked at startups and that have failed. I've been a part of startups that are still growing and expanding. But so I've been in this space. I've been in the growth space for the majority of my career and I'm drawn to it. I love it. But what I've got what I'm realizing as I've gotten older is that pull to create wealth to build businesses isn't really about me and my family. It's gotten more important now that I have a family. I want to leave a legacy for them. I want to ensure that they're taken care of. So being more mindful of insurances and, and life insurance and, and investments, all those things are things that I'm thinking about more than I ever have in my entire life because I have a child, I have a wife, I have a family to care for now. They're depending on me to look out for them and care for us financially. That's my responsibility. That's what my wife and I agreed to. And so uh, there's all this stuff in there. But the bigger thing is, for me, I re we are a simple people. Now, we like nice things, sure, but I have no desire to keep up with the Joneses. I don't care what people think about the car that I'm driving. I don't care what they think about the clothes that I'm wearing. I don't really care about any of that stuff. And I haven't for a very long time. I used to only care about that stuff when I was in my early 20s because I was very insecure and I didn't have that love for myself yet. So I felt like this is what I needed to do to impress other people. But that's changed a lot. And as I've gotten older, I realized that money really does have the capacity and potential to do great good. And the desire to be wealthy and influential is for the ability to serve and make an impact in the world. That's why I care about it so much. That's why I can't shake this. I've had many moments in my life, my adult life, where I'm like, you know what? I'm good with making some money, a decent amount of money, living a simple life, and just being cool and quiet and staying out of the mix of things. But I'm never satisfied. I always feel pulled back into the fray, pulled back into the desire to do more and grow and build. And I'm realizing that's because money needs to be transformed and our relationship has to transform with money so that we can impact our society in a meaningful way. For those of you that feel this pull as well, it's often, it, it's very likely that it may be tied up in your purpose and your service on this planet. 
You could be pulled to wealth and success because you need to make an impact. Money and resources give us the ability to make impact on this planet. It gives us the ability to support charitable causes. It creates opportunities. We can be a force for personal and societal growth. We can influence our communities. We can help and serve others. When you look at resource-rich people, often the people that do the most damage in the world are the wealthiest people. We can change that. We can be wealthy people and good people. You don't have to sell your soul to be successful. And that's the shift that we need to move to. That's what I'm looking at is how can we change the story and the, the, the energy behind money into a tool for transformation, a tool for service. And that's what we want to get to is it's first a neutral tool. It's not bad or evil. That is the decisions and choices that people make with money. Money itself is neutral, but we can absolutely do wonderful things with money as well. And that's where I want us to start moving towards as a society and thinking about things as individuals is how can we use money to do good in the world? How can we use money to serve our community, serve our people, our planet, and be helpful to other individuals and communities? So we're going to start by looking at unraveling these fear and limiting beliefs that we have And there's so much that happens because many of us are held back around our beliefs with money and abundance and empowerment. Most of us grew up experiencing money in a fear-based relationship. Now, that's not intentional necessarily. Our parents do what they can. But many of us have grown up in more of a scarce-based world. Now, the world has become more and more abundant there is so much technology around us, the access to technology, the access to, to goods, the time that it takes to make things now, the time that we have to trade to acquire these things is so much less. So the quality of life has been continuously going up and expanding and connecting our access to resources and abundance, but we still live very fear-based. Now, a lot of this is primal too, right? It's not just at the societal level, but there's these primal fears that we have to overcome as humans, as we level up, as we realize that we are more than just animals, that we are more than just these fleshy bodies, we have to move beyond fear. And this is how we do that. We start to unpack these fear-based beliefs that we have, this scarcity mindset that so many of us have. Because the reality is we could shift that mind. We could look into ourselves and explore what lives in ourselves, in our minds, our beliefs, and we could start to challenge those beliefs that are limiting, that are scarce-based. And we could shift into a more abundant and empowered-based way of thinking around money. Money is a tool. It can be a tool for good or bad. That choice is up to us. But some common things that we have are the scarcity mindset. Just not enough. Even this happens with people who are extremely successful, who are multimillionaires. They still believe that they don't have enough. That's the scarcity mindset. A lot of that is driven by their childhood. And until we reflect on the things that we experience growing up, and we unpack those things and we understand them, we will live out of that scarcity mindset. And that scarcity mindset will drive us really to ultimately do far more than we need to because it's fear that's driving us, not the love and abundance that could be helping us seeing opportunities for service and experiencing peace in our lives. The more we live by a scarcity mindset, the more we're going to be driven by fear, the less peace and fulfillment we will feel in our hearts and in our lives. So recognizing first and foremost the scarcity mindset 
is a thing that we have to identify and starting to identify it in areas in our life, whether it's related to work, money, investments, relationships towards money, whatever it is with our relationships with other people and money. It's just starting to see these things, how scarcity is influencing our mindset around money. Another piece is the fear of success, believe it or not. People have a fear of success. I have a huge fear of success. I'm afraid that if I become successful, build successful businesses, generate a lot of wealth, that I'm going to turn into a prick, that I'm going to change, that I'm not going to be a loving, caring, thoughtful person. That's a fear of success. That's an irrational fear of success in the sense of I know who I am. I've been consistent in my character for years now. I've had moments where I've been in good financial situations and I didn't turn into a prick. So it's, we have to challenge these mindsets, these ideas with reality and knowing ourselves, loving ourselves, leading with compassion can help us massage and relief some of this pain around the fear of success. But that's a way to keep us small. The fear, a fear of success keeps us small, keeps us insignificant, keeps us out of the mix. But the reality is here is, y'all, we're here to mix it up. If you fill this pool, you're on this planet to change things, man, to mix things up, to make stuff happen, not to play small. And that's what I've realized is I feel pulled to do these things so that we can influence and make change, so that we can influence our community, so that I can make an impact in my life and the people around me, not so I can live small and in fear. So that fear of success is a very common thing that we have to be mindful of as well. And it, dig into that. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but being mindful of the fear of success as well. And then finally, we associate money with negative experiences. And a lot of times that's how we grew up. A lot of times our parents may have had financial hardships. We may have experienced that as a child. I had a lot of moments as a ch in my childhood where utilities were getting cut off. We were on welfare at some points in my life. We're getting food stamps. The gas is getting cut off. It's just, it's, I remember a winter, we didn't have any power. We didn't have any power and gas in our home. And we're, everything is just in the living room. We're all staying in the living room because we have a fireplace and we're burning a fireplace because that was where we could get our heat from. And so these are the types of experiences that we associate with money that creates this negativity that makes us think money is the bad thing, not realizing that it's the circumstances that we grew up in. Money was, is a means to do things. We lacked money in those moments, but that wasn't money's fault. That's my parents, and it's not even fault. This isn't about blaming, but it's about recognizing responsibility and accountability. And in those moments, it was my parents' responsibility to do those things. And they just struggled. It's not, they're not bad people. My parents are good people. They loved, they, they did the best they could. But they did the best they could with what they had. And they also grew up in very scarcity-based times. My parents are from West Virginia and grew up in the 50s. They were born in the 50s. So they grew up in the 60s and 70s in West Virginia. It was not the most abundant time there. That state still struggles. So it's just, it's the time that they grew up in, that stuff influences us. It influences us. So we have to be mindful of our experiences as children on how we behaved and being and associating money with negative experiences and start to separate money from those negative experiences. It's not money 
that was the, the single point of that. Money is connected to that, but it's not money itself. It's the choices we make. It's the circumstances we find ourselves in. Now, we have a dishonest money system. I know that, y'all. It's frustrating, but we have to work with what we have. And if you live in America, or really, if you have access to the internet, we have the ability to create opportunities for ourselves in ways that never existed before. It's just a different type of approach. So we have to be mindful of these things. So the, when we're looking at these pieces and we're uncovering these aspects within ourselves, we can start to, as we notice them, as we recognize them, we can start to challenge them. So we can start to transform our limited beliefs around money by noticing first the scarcity mindset, our fear of success, or associating money with negative experiences. And we can start to challenge those limiting beliefs. We can start to change them. We can start to shift our mindset around to more of an abundant, open, positive, loving way. We can start to view money as a tool for good. We can start to view money as a tool for transformation, as a tool for abundance, as a tool for freedom, as a tool for service. As we start to challenge those money beliefs, those fear-based money beliefs, we shift them to more uplifting, service-oriented ways of thinking. That's how we can slowly transform our beliefs. And we do that through self-reflection, journaling, meditation, observing what we're doing. Journaling is a powerful way to get to the root a lot of these beliefs and understand where they're coming from and then start to work on reframing them. So we can start to reframe through our self-reflection, through our journaling, using a different mindset, shifting our mindset around it, and reframing those experiences. We can look back and say, you know what? I did have a childhood. There was a lot of financial struggle in my childhood. But the reality is, as much of that was due to the times that we grew up in, the location that we grew up in, and my parents doing the best that they could. It's not money. It was simply what it was. But money's not at fault. Money's not evil. It's just the experience that I grew up in. I learned from those things. We can learn from those things. And we can realize how important having money is now. That's another thing. If we lack those things growing up, we can realize how money is super important to us now as adults. We can make that shift and live a different way once we start to reframe and identify those things using self-reflection and journaling and then changing those experiences by looking at them differently. Reframing is very powerful. Another side of this is bringing consciousness to our money management. Now, a lot of this is around awareness, aligning our financial choices with our values and our priorities. So you have to first know your values and priorities and what matter to you and then slot money into that. How does money fit into your choices, your values, your priorities, the things that matter to you, the goals that you have, what matters to you and your family? That's going to influence how you engage with money and how you manage your money. But being conscious, being aware, being mindful of it helps us shift into a more conscious way of interacting with money. So being aware of where our spending's going, being aware of how much money we're spending on certain things. Now, I've got to get better at this. This is something that I'm working on. I just hired a financial coach to work through a lot of this stuff to start getting really clear on where we're spending our money, what our financial objectives are, all of those things. I'm getting help because I've struggled with it on my own and I just can't do it. And I'm ready to go to the next level, especially with the family. So we have to start looking at our money management, where money's flowing into our life, where's money's flowing out of our life, 
and be aware of it. That's the key, is being aware and conscious first and foremost. Now, there's a lot of ways that people talk about budgeting and saving and investing mindfully. There's a lot of different strategies out there. I'm not going to get into too much of that. One thing that I've found to be very interesting is the financial coach that I'm working with is sharing with me the concepts from Matson Money, which is a scientific way of investing. I find it very interesting. I would encourage you to go out and look into this philosophy. I think for most people, it's a very pragmatic and realistic approach to investing that will align with the majority of us. So that's something to consider in terms of your long-term goals and the impact on your personal well-being and the greater good that it can have. That's why all this stuff matters, because ultimately, having financial goals, getting our financial systems aligned, and then creating all this impact in our life, it can make a huge impact in our life by creating these systems and processes that can impact our personal lives and our well-being, which allows us to serve the greater good because we are now overflowing. That's the key. Conscious money management allows us to overflow. You can't give of what you have very little. That's the difficult thing. But you can be abundant and resource-rich if you can conquer these challenges and live consciously and then share that abundance through service, through giving, through growing, through impact. That's the beauty of all this. Another piece is conscious consumerism, being thoughtful about where we buy things from, going locally where we can. I know it's more expensive. I know that. And that may not be, that may not be possible for everyone. So I'm not trying to ask you to do something that's not feasible for your financial reality, at least where you are now. But one thing I know for certain is that we can absolutely transform our financial relationship no matter where we are today. But conscious consumerism allows us to support businesses that we believe in, that we value at a high level. I think the more we can do that, the more we can recognize that our money is votes, our money is power, our money is support for things that we believe in, we can start directing that money to companies, to causes, to purchases and consumerism and consuming in ways that align with our values and who we are. We can also look at ethical investing to contribute to positive change in society and the environment. So again, Understanding our values, what matters to us, what are causes that we're really passionate about, and finding ways to get involved in supporting those efforts, perhaps through investing, through donations, through nonprofit support. Maybe it's launching a nonprofit. There's a lot of things that we can do driven by action for the values and priorities that we have. But we have to first know what matters to us and what doesn't, prioritize those values, and then work towards action, getting involved especially locally, y'all. Getting locally involved is the way to do it. We've gotten too globally focused. The internet's amazing, but it's taken our feet off the ground and we're all floating around in space. So much of us are floating around in space right now. We got to ground ourselves in our communities and our local spaces and our families and our friendships here around us in our communities. And we have to build around us. If we all did that locally, the world would transform. So that's how we have to start. We have to start around us locally first in our communities and build from there. But bringing consciousness to everything that we spend our money on, the investments that we do, the charities that we donate to, allow us to influence the world around us. And then that leads us to the, leads us to the final aspect of this, which is building wealth with purpose. And this is something that I really am dialed, I'm, I'm aligning with, I'm 
falling and feeling very strong about it, I'm realizing that this is so much of the pull that I have around wealth in general, is to build wealth with purpose. And it's the, the key here is to align our financial goals with our personal values and aspirations, the things that matter to us, just what I was talking about. Those things, understanding what we value, what we aspire to be, what matters to us, what's meaningful is key to this. So we have to first know those values, the things that are important to us, and align our financial goals to those things so that we can start building wealth with purpose. What would you do if you were a billionaire? What would you tangibly do? That's an exercise. If you were given $100 million right now, how would you spend it? And I'd literally write it out in amounts. What would you do with it? Think about it. Now, you get all your stuff out, you buy a beautiful home, you get the car you want, you take the trips you want, whatever it is. But I can promise you, you're not going to blow through $100 million traveling. Like, you're not. You spend $10 million, you're going to be good. I can almost guarantee it. That's a lot of money, y'all. A lot of money. But what would you do with the remaining 90 then? Think about it. Sit down and think about it. Explore that. Imagine you using wealth for good, aligned with your values and your aspirations. What would you do? Because this leads us to the next portion of this, which is financial independence. And there is no greater freedom than financial independence. That's what I'm working towards because you can say F you to whoever. That's the power of this. And the more wealth and power we hold, that means we can hold authorities accountable. We can hold governments accountable. We can hold corporations accountable. We can hold politicians accountable. All of these things become possible when we have financial independence and wealth. Because it gives us the ability to truly grow as individuals. We can offer philanthropy and service through our wealth. And we can make a positive impact on the lives of others because we are no longer dependent on trading our time for money. So finding ways that we can create financial independence in our life is key. Financial independence allows us to truly do great things. And I know that. And, I'm, and I feel that so strongly, and that's why I'm so keen on sharing these things, because it matters that much. And I know living with a different purpose and approach to wealth could transform our world. And I really think we're moving into that time where wealth is going to be wealth and values are coming together. Wealth and compassion are coming together. Wealth and service are coming together. Not wealth and status, not wealth and power and control, but wealth and good, wealth and service, wealth and compassion. That's the shift. And so I want to talk about a few individuals. Now, you don't have to agree with these individuals. I know this first guy is probably going to, may agitate some people, but Elon Musk is a prime example. He's an entrepreneur who has a few companies, Tesla and SpaceX, which he's leveraged his wealth and technological advancements to address pressing global changes. Elon really believes in these things. So he's building electric cars, he really believes in the pursuit of space exploration as a method of evolving and pressing us forward. That's his mission. He's using his wealth to make changes. He has investments in renewable energy, electric vehicles, and space exploration to create a sustainable and multi-planetary future. He's openly said that. Also, what he's doing at Twitter. Look, there are a lot of people that don't agree with what he's doing there. And it's been messy. I'm not saying it's perfect. But it's Encouraging to me that there are wealthy people that are willing to put their reputations on the line, their wealth on the line, to speak up and stand up against these massive authorities that are trying to suppress and control 
and keep humanity small. So Elon Musk is one of those people in my mind. Another person is Sir Richard Branson, founder of the Virgin Group, has combined business success with social environmental activism. He has launched various initiatives addressing issues such as climate change, renewable energy, and social entrepreneurship, aiming to create positive change while running successful businesses. This is another example of how you can use your financial and business success to influence and impact the world around you. You don't have to necessarily buy into these causes per se, but it's an example of how wealth and influence can be used to change and shift the world. The more conscious, compassionate, loving, service-oriented people that we can have who are wealthy, the, the more impact and change we can create and more good can be done in our world. Another individual is Mahat Gandhi. Now, Mahatma Gandhi, geez, I'm stumbling over his name there. Gandhi was the leader of India's independence movement. He prioritized simplicity and the upliftment of the poor throughout his life. Now, he lived a very modest lifestyle, but his influence and efforts led to significant political change. Gandhi's philosophy of nonviolence and his dedication to social justice continue to inspire generations. Now, Gandhi was a lawyer. He wasn't necessarily super wealthy, but he had influence, and he used his influence and position for good. And he made massive changes there in India. Those assault strikes that they went on and doing all the things that they did based on his nonviolent approach. A lot of change happened there. He was a brilliant man, leveraging his influence and power for good. That's the examples that we're looking to. That's the examples that we're looking to set here. And then finally, Andrew Carnegie. He was a 19th century industrialist and philanthropist. He amassed great wealth through his steel empire. In his later years, he dedicated himself to philanthropy, funding the establishment of numerous libraries, educational institutions, and cultural centers. His focus on education and public welfare left a lasting legacy and contributed to the betterment of society. All those libraries and cultural centers that he created enabled everyday people to access information and knowledge unlike before. That's a huge gift. The fact that he understood the importance of education and having access to information and knowledge and growth for everyone enables us to change and grow and evolve as a species and a society. You can absolutely use wealth for good. And in my mind, that's my goal. I really want to set a new standard for entrepreneurship, for wealth, for business, for success. I want to be at the forefront of that, leading by example of what that means. Now, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be financially. I'm not at all. I have a lot of work to do for our family. I've got a lot of work to do in general with that. But that's my aim. And I hope that this mission resonates with you because I truly believe in my heart that there are many of you out there who feel this pull, who feel driven to do something beautiful and wonderful and big in this world, whatever it may be related to your specific values, interests, and beliefs. I feel it out there, and I truly believe that we are shifting towards a more loving, compassionate relationship with money and success and setting a new standard of success that's not just about making a bunch of money and having status, but tying our service and compassion to that. That will be the new gold standard. Okay, cool. You built some businesses and you've got a bunch of money. Cool. So what are you doing with it? How are you treating other people? Are you kind to individuals? Are you kind on a daily basis? Are you helping your community? Are you truly serving those around you? Do you have the best interest of others at heart? Or are you just playing everyone? That's the shift that's happening. We're moving away from this false, fake reality, this fake virtual signaling to a life of service and wealth. That's the vision that I see for our future. 
that's what I feel called in my heart to do. I feel pulled to do this from a spiritual perspective, and that's what I'm working on. So I encourage you to examine your beliefs, your fears, and your choices around money and dial into this. Slip into this vibe. Does this mission resonate with you? Do you feel called to do something like that in your own way? If so, follow it. Lean into it. Let it guide you. It will be a great potential to transform your life, and you have the capacity to impact the world in ways that you can't even imagine. We all do, and the world needs us. Mother Earth needs us to do these things. Our Heavenly Father needs us to do these things. This is our time. This is the moment for us to come together and make great change in our world, and it happens every day in our lives, bit by bit, day by day, through our actions. That's the path forward. So with that being said, y'all, I appreciate your time. I hope you're enjoying the show. I've got some big shifts happening in my life again. I'm exploring some new pathways in terms of entrepreneurship in ways that I never have. I'm looking at boring businesses, looking at acquisition. There's all kinds of creative things that I'm looking at right now that I'm going to lean into. I'm continuing my journey on my positive intelligence coaching program, which is cool. And then I'm going to continue creating content like this. So I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you have any questions or comments, just let me know. You can get me at Twitter on at Brandon Lee Ward. I'm on LinkedIn, Brandon L. Ward. And then my website is BrandonLeeWard.com. Until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.